You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. So last week, for those of you who are here, um, Tyler kind of kicked us off on a new series, and that is looking at the Holy Spirit. So this month, we're going to be hearing um, from various uh, people who are going to be telling us more about the Holy Spirit. And um, last week, Tyler was talking about, just a little recap, um, he was talking about that when the Holy Spirit comes, he changes us. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, when we have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, we're not the same. We're completely changed. He's this change agent. And so you can tell when someone's had an encounter with the Spirit because they're not the same. They shouldn't be the same as they were before. So the Holy Spirit is something that's evident, that we can see. We can see in people when they've met with him. But I want to backtrack slightly, um, and instead of talking about kind of maybe not focusing so much on the effects or on people, I want to look at who he is. So we've kind of heard what the Holy Spirit can do and how he changes people, but who is this spirit that we're talking about? What is this um, thing that happens? And for me, this didn't really start when um, Talia was talking about, oh, we're going to do a series. It didn't start then. About um, a couple of months ago, back in August, um, a group of myself and um, some young people um, were watching a DVD, or it was rather a, a pre-release. It hadn't been released yet, and we were watching it um, online. Uh, and it's called Holy Ghost. I don't know if any of you have seen it, but it's released by a guy from America who's done a series of films following the acts of God. So he started with one called Furious Love, I'm sorry, Finger of God, then Furious Love. And there's a couple of them in this series. And he's just released a new one called Holy Ghost. And we were watching this and it was amazing seeing what um, God is doing in these different nations around the world and seeing the evidence of the Holy Spirit in action and God in action. Um, but for me, that kind of wasn't what stayed with me. Um, what kind of resonated with me was just the way that these theologians, these pastors, these people were just talking about Holy Spirit. The way that they were just saying, you know, and Holy Spirit said this to me, and Holy Spirit did this, and it made him sound so personal. And one thing for me, which might, I don't know how it sounds for you, but one thing for me that kind of, I almost wanted to correct them in was that they would just say Holy Spirit. Whereas I kind of been brought up to say the Holy Spirit. To give him that kind of, you know, effect. He's the Holy Spirit. We have to revere him, you know. He's the Holy Spirit. But the way they spoke about him was just, you know, Holy Spirit did this and Holy Spirit said this to me. It like made him so personal. And sometimes in our language, the way we speak, the way we, we do things can kind of change our mindset about something. So the way that they spoke about him was like, you know what? He's just like here. Holy Spirit is like right with me all the time. And so... Immediately, I want to start with a challenge. You know, how do we speak about the Holy Spirit? Is he the Holy Spirit? Is he kind of sort of distant? Or is he Holy Spirit? He's personal to me. And so, um, I think sometimes as Christians, we can kind of have our boxes. But this morning, I would, I'm going to ask you to open your boxes and to open your minds as we kind of look more into Holy Spirit as a person and who he is and his some of the characteristics. He has so many characteristics. And um, I remember when um, I was at IBTI and Johnny was lecturing on the Holy Spirit and he gave us like a list of different characteristics that I can't possibly cover them all um, this morning. But we're going to be looking at some 
key scripture and drawing out from that passage what, um, what characteristics we can see of the of Holy Spirit there. So, as I kind of said before, in the past, I know I've been guilty of um, viewing Holy Spirit as just a spirit or as a presence. Um, we see in the book of Acts, he comes as fire, flames of fire, um, a dove, maybe an invisible add-on. That's kind of how we could view the Holy Spirit sometimes. Um, as Tyler was describing last week, he's kind of like electricity. You don't see it, but you know it's there. But I think sometimes we can forget that he is a person. He is the third person of the Godhead. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He's not less equal. He's, he's just as important as the others. Without Holy Spirit, we wouldn't have God. They coexist. And so... Holy Spirit, as a person, has human qualities. And in the Bible, when we read about him and when Jesus is telling us about Holy Spirit, he uses human and and personal characteristics. He describes him as a person. He always describes him in a personal way. So another thing that he does is that when he's giving the Great Commission in Matthew 28, he says, Go out and baptize people in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. In the same sentence, on the same level. So he's just as important. And we, we can't forget him. There's such a great emphasis on him. But what I want to do is particularly focus on um, John. The book of John, chapter 14. And we're going to be looking at verses 15 to 21 and then skipping a little bit to verse 25, 26. And really what we're looking at is when Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's trying to comfort his disciples because he's been telling his disciples, you know what, I'm not going to be around forever. And his disciples are kind of freaking out and they're going, yeah, but we're going to be on our own and you've come and you've changed us and now we're just going to be left. And Jesus is like, that's not going to happen because I'm going to send someone else. And so we read this passage of scripture, and we start at verse 15. And Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world uh, will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be my love, will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. And then if we skip a couple of verses and go to verse 25, Jesus continues, All this I've spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave you with, my peace I give you. And we're going to stop there for the time being. But when Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, he uses this word, Advocate. So I thought, well, what does that actually mean? Because it's not really a term that I would use. 
So I like to kind of just define these words and actually see, because often you find there's just more meaning in a word. Um, and when you look into it, you just discover more things. And, and yeah, I just think it's a, a great way of understanding more about what God is saying in this passage. So the word advocate is generally a legal term um, that you find. And it, it means um, that one pleads the cause of another or a person who publicly supports a cause. So here you've got this picture of the Holy Spirit coming as a defender, the Holy Spirit coming to support us, to stand with us, to plead for us, to help us through trials. You know, in a legal sense, we, you have trials, and in a personal sense, we, we face trials all the time. Life isn't easy, and Jesus doesn't promise that life is going to be easy, but he's like, do you know what, I'm going to send you an advocate so that when you face those trials, you're going to have someone with you, and you're not going to be alone. But I also was um, researching online and just seeing what all these, what other people were saying about this term advocate. And one of them compared it, the advocate is kind of like a defense lawyer. So I'm going to take us down a little path. But if we go further with this term and, and think about the, the advocate being our defense lawyer, you know, what would he do? He would be more than just standing with us. He would, a defense lawyer would tell you how to plead. He'd hear your case and he would advise you which is the best way to go. He would encourage you to tell the truth and to be honest. He could point out, he points out what the issues could be. The defense lawyer is there to help you, but he also wants you to tell the truth because he knows what the end result is going to be if you continue to lie. And if you are guilty, you need to plead it. This is also what the Holy Spirit does. When we're guilty, it just doesn't sit right. We know that there's something not right. And it's the Holy Spirit and he's saying, come on, you need to tell the truth. Don't try and hide that away. It needs to come out. Because even if you are guilty, I know the judge. And I think that's what, that just blows my mind, really. That even if we are guilty, the grace of God just covers that. But the Holy Spirit is still prompting us, come on, you've you got to be truthful. You can't lie, you can't hide. Because it will just eat you up inside. And if we're not feeling strong enough, if we're not feeling like, just can't, it just is too unbearable to, to tell the truth or to go in this way. Romans 8 verse 26 states that he helps us in our weaknesses. So it's not just a lawyer that's telling us, kind of, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. He's like, come on, let's do this. There's a difference in his, the way he's saying it. There's a difference in the way he's encouraging us. The second thing that I see that the Holy Spirit, um, the second characteristic I should say of Holy Spirit in this passage that I kind of want to draw out is that in verse 26, it says that um, he will teach you in all things and he will remind you of everything I've said to you. So not only is he kind of this advocate for us, this supporter, this um, encourager, he is also a teacher. And the only way that he can teach us 
is because he's come from the Father, because he knows everything. So again, the reason he can be this teacher is because of where he's come from, because of who he is, because he knows everything. And as a teacher, he imparts God's wisdom and knowledge. And especially, I think this is so important, when reading the Bible, you know, this isn't necessarily the easiest of books to read. Some of it's confusing, some of it's cultural, some of it's a bit old-fashioned because it happened so many years ago. Um, Some of it's simple. You go, I understand that. And you almost kind of think, I don't need anyone to explain that to me. But other times, you just wrestle with some of the scriptures, like, what does this mean? And but this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. And he brings what we call revelation to us. He enlightens us and says, this is what it means. And sometimes, without the Holy Spirit, I don't think this book would make sense. Some passages, yes, but not all of it. We need the Holy Spirit to come and bring God's wisdom when we're reading it. But not only that, but for it to really resonate with us. Because it can just be words on a page. But the Bible tells us that all of Scripture is God-breathed. All of it has come from him. And you know what's interesting is that when the writers wrote it, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was working through them. So if the Holy Spirit was there during its writing, he needs to be there during its revelation for it to be fully understood. The other little part of that is that the Holy Spirit reminds us of things we know or maybe, you know, forgotten. And I was just thinking about, he can remind us of scriptures when we're feeling like low or troubled or he just brings scriptures to mind. But other than that, he also can remind us of other things. If we're walking in the Spirit, if we're living by the Spirit, then he can remind us in times, maybe it doesn't need to be scripture, but he can still remind us of things. So I've recently been reading the story of Jackie Pullinger, um, going through her book, Chasing the Dragon. Fantastic book. Um, really just the work she did with the power of the Holy Spirit um, is phenomenal. And I was reading kind of how she got to China. And um, she was in China and she just got off the boat. And she kind of went to the guards and was trying to get through and they were kind of questioning why this white woman was coming into China and they're like, well, what are you doing here? And she's like, I don't know. Because at that time, she just knew that God had called her. She knew he'd called her to China, but she had no idea what it was. Now, that's faith to me. (laughs) Not knowing what you're going to do, how you're going to be supported, not being sent by a church, but still going. And so she arrives in China and she's like, I don't know what, I don't know, I'm just here. And they're like, well, who are you going to stay with? I don't know. What are you going to do? I don't know. How much money do you have a month? And she's like, I have 100, what would have been 100 pounds, but. um, And they're like, but that's not enough to live on. And they're questioning her and questioning her. And she's like, I'm just here. And then they said to her, well, do you know anyone? And she remembered that a relation of hers, just spare the moment, remembered, oh, wait, hold on, no, I do know someone. He's a policeman in Hong Kong. And automatically they opened the doors and said, come on through. Because policemen were revered in Hong Kong. They were held high in, in high esteem. So if you knew a policeman, well, yeah, we don't want to argue with you. You can go on through. Now, to me, that's the Holy Spirit. Because it's not every day. She didn't know that policemen were revered. Oh, I just, yeah, but 
She felt prompted to say that. And that's how the Holy Spirit can remind us in times when we're thinking, there is literally no way I can get through this or get out of this. And the Holy Spirit just uses us. When we say, God, take me, God, use me, he's going to take you at his word. You've got to be prepared to go when he says go and to speak when he says speak. I just think it's a, an amazing story of reliance on God and reliance on the Spirit to, to lead us. If we go back to that passage, and we again are looking at the term that Jesus use, uses sorry, to describe Holy Spirit, the, the Greek word is uh, parakletos. I checked with Chris how to pronounce that before, and he said it was good, so we're going to go with that one. So parakletos, and the other definitions of this word, yes, it means advocate, but it also means comforter. And in other translations of the Bible and other versions, instead of saying advocate, it also says comforter. I will send you another comforter. And... A comforter is a, a person or a, a thing that brings consolation or helps you in a time of need, kind of comes alongside you. And I guess in the first part, part of that passage, when Jesus is talking about, um, you know, that he's going to go and that he won't leave us as orphans, that term comforter kind of makes sense because he's not going to leave us on our own. And you think of orphans and they don't have anyone to care for them. But if he's sending a comforter, then they do. Someone to come alongside them and to really be with them. Because when you comfort someone, it's more than just kind of a pat on the back. It's really, you know, come on, I'm going to be with you and help you. And it's more of a personal thing. So even in just that one word, para, parakletos, you already have another image of the Holy Spirit. And the fact that he is, yes, he's going to help us, he's an advocate, but he's also a comforter. And you just see these other characteristics of him just coming out. We see already in, as soon as Jesus has said that, you move on then to the book of Acts. And Acts 9 verse 31 in the early church, it says that they were encouraged by the Holy Spirit. That he really just, they'd gone through a difficult time. They weren't sure about um, this Saul guy that now become Paul. and was They were a bit confused, but the Holy Spirit just came alongside them. And he just encouraged them. And he just comforted them. And they, they were strengthened by him. I also love the, the promise that it says. Which is that he will be with you forever. So this isn't just a temporary comfort, this isn't just a temporary help, but this is like a long-term thing. That the Holy Spirit is like promising, do you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to leave you, man, I'm here for the long haul. But going back to this idea of comfort, I'm jumping around a bit, but if you can stay with me, that'd be great. Um, I have spent, over these past couple of days have spent um, time with my niece, who's one years old, and my sister, and just being with them and kind of spending time um, over this half term with them. And just, you know, she's really cute, but I haven't seen her in a while. Um, and she's grown and is getting way more cheeky. Um, and turning more into my sister, which is the worrying thing. 
But um, she doesn't quite know me because she's kind of not at that point of recognizing me as auntie. I'm just kind of another adult in her life. So there comes to a point when she'll get older and she'll be like, oh yeah, because that's my auntie Hannah. So immediately I know who she is and I remember her. But at this moment in time, she recognizes people by the frequency that she sees them. So she knows my mum, her grandma. She knows her really well because she sees her twice a week and they're very affectionate. And as soon as she saw her, she was like arms, big arms around her and gave her a massive hug. But when she saw me, she was a little bit like, "Mm, I don't know you. Why would I be affectionate with you? I'm not quite sure. Although we had a lovely time in the summer and we bonded amazingly, she's kind of forgotten, which is lovely for me. It makes me feel so loved. Um, But she's kind of at that place where she's not quite sure because she doesn't spend a lot of time with me. Which, you know, living a bit of a distance and working is kind of something you have to accept. But there was a bit of an incident. Um, Toddlers love to climb and get into mischief and they discover by doing. Um, And she decided that sitting on the chair would be an amazing idea, but she could do it herself. And as she did, she then fell off the chair. And there were tears, and she was upset because the shock of falling off the chair, and you can imagine. Anyway, so I'm thinking, well, I can just go, you know, child's crying, you want to pick them up and comfort them, but she wasn't having any of it. Because, you see, the thing is, she didn't know me, and she didn't want my comfort, even though I'm trying to, yeah, it's fine, you'll be fine, stop crying. Um, She wasn't having any of it. And it kind of just made me think, Because I was trying to console her, but she just didn't work. She wanted her mum. She wanted her dad. The people that she's been with that she knows really well. Now, I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit can't comfort or encourage certain people. You know, he knows you inside and out because he's God and he knows everything. But, I was thinking about my niece and this idea of the comforter. And you know what? By the end of that weekend, or a few days, the more time I spent with her, the closer she kind of got to me. She's like, do you know what? I don't mind sitting next to you now. And do you know what? I actually don't mind if you pick me up. In fact, can you pick me up now, please, because I'm tired. And the more time I spent with her, the closer our relationship got, and the more comfortable she was around me, And so then when she was tired last night and she just had had enough, she didn't mind that I picked her up and cuddled her and actually she settled. And I think sometimes with the Holy Spirit, it can work a similar way. The more time she spent with me, she realized who I was. And in turn... I was able to come for her better than from the first day. So what am I saying? You know, with, the, with Holy Spirit, the more time we spend with him, the easier he's going to be able to comfort you because you are going to know his voice. You're going to know what he's saying to you. You're going to recognize when a scripture comes to mind, is that me being random or is that actually the prompting of Holy Spirit actually saying, look at this verse, that's going to lift you up today. The more we understand of who he is, we're going to understand that some things just are not from God. Some things are not the prompting of the Holy Spirit because that's not in his character. 
If you know me, you would know that I just wouldn't say certain things. So if you hear, oh, Hannah said this to me, and you're thinking, well, hold on, that's not in Hannah's character. And you dismiss it. Well, actually, Hannah wouldn't have said that because that's just not, it's not in her character. If I'm an honorable person, you can trust that. But by someone's character, you can understand more and you can also kind of rely on them more and you begin to trust them more. And it starts this whole process of an intimate journey and a tighter friendship. So that when the trials come and the difficulties come and you're feeling discouraged, you won't, you just won't doubt when you hear his voice. It kind of, if you build the good relationship in a good time, in a time when you, you can just spend uh, with him, and, and discovering more about him, when the storms come, then you don't doubt. You're thinking, Do you know what, I can rely on Holy Spirit because he's proven me in the good times and he'll prove me in the bad times as well. Sometimes the, the danger is we only want God in the difficulties. That we only kind of think, well, when life is bad, then, then I'll turn to God. But that's not what God is. That's not what he wants from us. And he wants like this 24-7 commitment. He's, the Bible describes God as this jealous God. That he wants you. And he wants you to spend more time with him. Listening to the Holy Spirit. He's given the Holy Spirit as a gift. And he's saying, come on, take it. But sometimes it's, it's our choice to take it. It's our choice. But without Holy Spirit, the church, I heard this great quote from a guy called John Bevere, and he said, without Holy Spirit, the church either becomes a social club or a rigid religious system. And it kind of made me think, I was like, my goodness, this is like, that's a strong phrase, a social club or just rigid religion. But it's a really important concept to understand because Holy Spirit has come so that we can have power, but he wants to work through us. But the Holy Spirit, one other thing you you need to understand about his character is that he's a gentleman. Is that he's not just going to come, in some cases he does, but he's not just going to come and bulldoze you and attack you. That's, that's not him. You misunderstand his character. If you, if you think that, he comes as a gentleman and he wants you to seek him. He's seeking you. He's ready for you. But he wants you to come to him and just say, Holy Spirit, have your way. But be prepared for the reaction because he's just going to take over and change you as we heard last week. You're not the same after an encounter with Holy Spirit. When Jesus ascended to heaven, he's kind of gone. The physical being of Jesus isn't here anymore. But Holy Spirit is. And he's there for us to tap into. To help us, to be with us. But he's so much more than just giving a prophetic message. He's so much more than the gifts which we'll cover in another couple of weeks, looking at the gifts of the Spirit. He's so much more than that. He is a person, and as I said in the beginning, he's the the third person in the Godhead. And he has characteristics and he has qualities that in itself are there to encourage you, that in itself are there to lift you up. 
He is constant in our lives, even when we're not. Another thing about the Holy Spirit is that, and this is something which has challenged me, is that because Holy Spirit is a person, he can also be grieved. And maybe this isn't something that I don't, I know I haven't thought a lot about it, but recently I have. Um, but Ephesians 4 verse 30 says that to us, that be careful not to grieve the Holy Spirit. He's a person, he can be hurt. He feels those emotions, you know. When he asks us to do something, or not to do something, and we do it anyway, it grieves him. It upsets him. He's like, but I asked you not to do that. Because I know you, and I know what's good for you, and I know what's not good for you. But you went that way anyway. And he's like, I want the best for you. But man, you didn't listen. I, just to illustrate this, I was at a meeting quite a few years ago, and there was a lady called Heather Thompson, and she is a children's worker, um, fantastic ministry, and she'd just come back from taking a group of children on a missions trip to uh, Mozambique, um, for those of you who know Heidi Baker, um, she was working in that area, and she'd taken these kids, and they had a fantastic time, and Holy Spirit was just moving, and these kids were filled and baptized with Holy Spirit, and they were going, and they were going into hospitals and praying for the sick, and the kids turned to Heather and were like, take us to the morgue, because we want to see the dead raised, and these kids were moving so powerfully, and she'd had this amazing mission strip where she had visibly seen Holy Spirit in action. She'd seen God do the most miraculous things. And she was on the plane coming back after this amazing time. And she, as a children's worker, she felt, I need to keep current with the things that are going on. I need to uh, stay on top of, you know, what the kids are reading. I really should kind of see because I want to be in with the kids. Like, I need to know what's going on in their circle, in their world. So at that time, the book Harry Potter had just come out. And she was reading it. She was thinking, I need to read it. So she took it. And on the way back on the plane, she was, she opened the book and was like, I need to read this just to see what the kids are talking about. And she started to read it. And she's thinking, well, this is, this is a good read. Like, it's captivating. But as she started to read it, she felt the Holy Spirit leave her as she started to read this book. And as she's reading the spells and as she's reading about the sorcery and everything, like that, she's thinking, this is a good read. But then she's thinking inside, well, something's changed. Really, man, this feels so... And she couldn't put her finger on what had changed until about a week after she got back. And she realized the moment the Spirit left me was when I read the book. And she thought, whoa, what did I read? (laughs) It's captivating children. It's captivating adults. It's a great book. But it didn't honor God. And the Holy Spirit... I don't know, maybe she wasn't listening, I don't know. But at that moment, she grieved the Holy Spirit. And that can happen when we're not careful what we're getting into, when we're not careful what we watch. The occult is real, and I'm sorry to if I scare you or anything this morning, but 
this is the world we live in. We've just had Halloween. And I was kind of a little bit shocked at all these tiny little kids dressed up as little devils and witches. And it's a scary thought that we turn the, this spiritual stuff, we turn it into just fun and games. When it's serious stuff, there's a new film come out called Ouija or something like that about playing with a Ouija board. This is serious stuff. And I have a passion for kids and I want to encourage you parents, protect your children. Because the world is not telling them the truth. That this is just fun and games when really they're tapping into some serious stuff. The Satan is out to kill, steal and destroy. And as Christian parents, if you've dedicated your children, you've said to God, God, I'm going to honor you and bring my children up in the way that you've told us. In the way that this book says. And that means listening to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible doesn't always give precise answers on certain topics. But it's about listening to the Spirit and saying, Holy Spirit, should I let my child watch this? Should I let my child do this? And I know when we were younger, and there was a certain book that was very popular again... And my mum prayed and she asked God, God, should I let my child read this book? Because all her friends are reading it. And the Holy Spirit clearly said to her, no. And so since that day, we've never read that book. I think my sister may have flicked through it. A little bit rebellious, but there we go. And me and my brother haven't. But still to that point, we have to listen. We may not always understand why. I think this is the challenging thing for us is that we're like... Ah, but I just, just want to have a little look. Just want to delve. Everyone's reading. It can't be harmful. But Holy Spirit is like, follow my path. Because what I have for you is everlasting life. Is life in abundance. So what may seem tempting now, what may seem mm, just like you want, is so not worth the eternal rewards that you're going to have. And this is one of the truths that we just have to hold on to. It's one of the things that we kind of just need to, just to hold on to for now. Is that eternal reward that we have in heaven. And that even though we think we may be missing out in some areas now, it's so not worth going down that road. Because you don't know what the consequences could be and the pain that you might go through. So just listening to Holy Spirit and what is he saying to you? But that requires us to spend time with him, to spend time praying, to spend time reading God's word. Because although it said he will remind you, he can only remind you of stuff you've already read or stuff that you've already seen. If it wasn't there in the first place, then how can he remind you? How can he bring it back to your mind? It requires us to make a few sacrifices sometimes and to really dig into what this book is about, what God is about. Just going off slightly, but again, Jackie Pullinger, the moment in her ministry changed when she was completely baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. And every morning she would spend 15 minutes just praying in tongues, which is the heavenly language, Um, One of the evidences of the baptism of the Holy Spirit 
is speaking in tongues. And she spent 15 minutes every morning speaking in tongues, praying just between her and God, her and God, building herself up. And from that moment onwards, she saw people getting saved and drug addicts being completely set free. From that moment, and it's not a coincidence. And it just got me thinking, I, I tried it in Bible college, I'm, I'm going to pray for 15 minutes in, the t- in tongues, I'm going to pray. Five, I was like, man, this, I've been praying for ages, five minutes. That's all that had gone past, five minutes. I was like, man, this is hard. Why do it sound so easy in a book? Why can't I do that? And then it takes persistence. And it takes, you know, Holy Spirit has come and he's given us gifts and stuff. But we've got to be persistent in using them as well. You know, the Holy Spirit, he knows Everything he knows what you're going through, he knows your personal situations. Because we have a personal God and a personal Savior who came to meet us where we were at. He didn't stand far off. He came to meet us where we're at. And the Holy Spirit comes to meet us where we're at. One last thing. Going back to one of the first things that Jesus says in this passage, verse 16. I'm just going to read that verse again. Verse 16 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. And that's what he is. He is truth, Spirit of truth. And he's come to bring freedom. And he wants us to live in that freedom and to live in that truth. I hadn't planned how it's going to end. But I want the band to come back up. And just play. And, you know, if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I know Tyler um, asked people to come forward last week. I'm going to invite you again because there's never, there's never a time where you think, oh, maybe I missed out last week. You know what? The Holy Spirit is here always. And this morning, if you haven't been baptized in, in Holy Spirit, and you would like to be, and you were like, you know what, Holy Spirit, I just want more of you. I'm going to invite you to come to the front. And Tyler and myself and Julie and some others will just come and pray with you. Because the Bible says, ask. Jesus says, ask. And I'm going to give to you what you desire from me. He wants to bless his children. And he wants to give you something that's going to help you in your Christian walk. We don't want to be a social club. We want to be a church that changes our community. That brings more of the kingdom of heaven on this earth. That states that we will not stand for our children being told that doing tarot cards and Ouija boards is okay. Because it's not okay. But you know what we can tell them? But the Spirit of God that lives in you is the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. That you have way more power than Satan. Way more power. You know what? The Holy Spirit can tell you your future. You don't have to go to the occults. You don't have to go down that road. Because Holy Spirit can tell you. And you know what? If you trust in Him, it's an exciting future. That it's not boring. You're not following a dead religion. But you're following a religion where your Savior came alive 
rose again after three days, even though he was killed. This is something we need to be declaring because it's truth. And this is the spirit of truth. But it comes down to self-revelation. It comes down to your relationship and that with the Holy Spirit. And that's where it starts. So this morning, if you don't have relationship with the Holy Spirit, then I just want to tell you now is the time. It's never too late. It's never too early. We serve a personal God. Yes, he's the God of the universe. Yes, he's the savior of the world. But he's a personal God and he wants a personal relationship with you. So if you would like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you would like to know Jesus as your personal savior, if you would like prayer for anything, please just come down the front this morning. Or get someone to pray with you because there's power when two or three agree in my name, the Bible says. There I will be. There's a few more than two or three of us here this morning. Jesus. Yes, Holy Spirit. We praise you this morning. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your goodness. That you want to bless us. That you want to have relationship with us. That Holy Spirit, you have come to fill us. You are our comforter. When life is rubbish, you come alongside us. You fight for us. You encourage us. You teach us when we don't know where to go. You come and give us direction. Oh, Father God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, our God is one. And we give you the praise this morning. We give you the glory. But we invite you now to just come, just come and fill us. Come, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.